1: From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette, I'm Greta Johnson, and we have once again made it to Friday. Coming up, I'm going to talk to Jenny of Jenny's Ice Creams about their new flavor, Everything Bagel Ice Cream. When we tasted it, we literally started dancing. And we were like, we just have to go with it. We just have to do it. Plus, we are going to remember music producer Sophie.
2: Listening to a Sophie song is like getting immersed in a bespoke universe where everything is tailored to be maximally, sensorially pleasurable.
1: But first, it's our panel about the week that was. This week, we have Jonklin Hill, who works at WAMU in Washington, D.C. and hosts the new Through the Cracks podcast. Jonklin, hi. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you. And we've got Sasha Ann Simons, who now works here at WBEZ as the host of our midday talk show reset. Sasha Ann, hello. Such an honor, Greta. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. The honor is all mine. Um, Okay. So this week, we were reminded that award season is still somehow a thing. Nominations for both SAG Awards and the Golden Globes were announced this week. We found out that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are going to host the Golden Globes via Zoom later this month. I'm curious, are y'all awards followers? Is this really what the world needs right now? What do you think, Jonklin? Oh, I'm definitely an awards follower just because
3: award shows are um, chaotic in a way that uh, is very much part of my brand. I am kind of surprised that we're still doing this with the pandemic going on. I mean, I guess so many movies and shows came out, and, you know, that's kind of all we're doing right now because we can't leave the house. But mm. it did kind of surprise me. I was kind of like, oh, the world is ending and we're still doing this. Okay. We're
4: still
1: doing this. Yeah. What do you think, Sasha? <laughs>
4: yeah, my thoughts exactly. Um, I mean, I love a good award, right? I'm a journalist, and so we just love, <laughs> we love to get awards. Um, but for some reason, when it comes to, like, these glitzy, glamorous, like, Hollywood, Golden Globes, Oscars, SAGs, like, they work my nerves. They really do. I, I think hmm. though it's in large part because of how often people of color get snubbed at these things and just yeah. the various campaigns we've had to have over the years to, you know, give black people their flowers. Um, mm-hmm. and so, uh, I, so I think every year when they come around, I'm always like, uh, I roll, here we go. Um, yep. and then of course, this time around Greta, we start seeing trending names like journey Smollett and, um, shows like I May Destroy You, and why? Because Mm -hmm. there was no nomination.
1: Yeah, the fact that I May Destroy You didn't get any nods at all, and Emily in Paris did, is a little bit like, really, guys, though? Like, haven't we at least moved beyond that? That was really disappointing. Yeah, it
3: seems like the biggest snub. I mean, Michaela Cole deserves so much better than that um spike lee and the five bloods didn't get a nomination and chad bozeman was amazing with that of course you know he got a nomination for mara rainey's black bottom but it's Mm -hmm. kind of like okay guys what are we what are we doing here we do this every year and it's to the point where i think do people do this for publicity and for the outrage machine (laughs) <laughs> like are they like oh mm-hmm. this gets us the tweets and people mad so let's snub all these really creative people of color um i don't know that's the conspiracy theorist in me thinking that some of it is on purpose i
4: mean yeah yeah that that mentioned there jq of of the um the award or the the nomination rather for for chadwick Bozeman in in ma rainey's black bottom that is like the one bit of good news um and i really hope he wins i really do i think it's well deserved
1: yeah, I mean, I will say and this for sure doesn't solve all the problems that you're talking about, but one thing that I did think was pretty interesting this year is that the Golden Globes did make history by actually nominating three female directors. And I think that in the past has definitely been one of those categories where people are like, "Well, there just aren't any female direct like what are we supposed to do?" So I thought that at least was like some bright spot that we saw. Agreed. Um I thought it was interesting that
3: Regina King did get the director nomination for one night in miami yeah yeah and so i'm really happy for her with that especially because she's so immensely talented and has won so many acting awards herself it's really great to see that she's you know stretching these new creative muscles and getting recognized for it but um at the same time it's like come on guys we can we can do better than this we can do better than this and was this her first time directing Mm-hmm. it was her debut yeah this was her debut
4: yeah so that that's wonderful I really think that that's um she's really come a long way ago. anybody remember 227 or am I just aging myself it was Ooh. before my time <laughs> I'm aging myself <laughs> I'm the grandma you've invited to it, Greta
3: <laughs> hey we love grandmas <laughs> but I mean she's come a long way from like Huey and Riley on the boondocks which honestly iconic roles both of them iconic roles
1: well, and I do feel like to get a nomination for your first directing. Like it's just a matter of time at this point, right? Mhm. We'll, we'll we'll be able to call it a win eventually, even if if not quite yet. Um, Another interesting piece of news from this week is that Jeff Bezos announced he'll be stepping down from running Amazon later this year. Some people are speculating maybe he's going to go all in on his like space exploration stuff, which got us thinking about another story from this week from The New York Times about space tourism. A startup founder is raffling off a seat to go into orbit on a SpaceX flight. Um, In this specific case, you don't actually have to donate any money to enter a trip to window space. But it got me wondering if y'all are people who would go to space, and if so, how much you'd actually be willing to spend on it. Sasha Ann, what do you think? Are you, like, fascinated by astronauts?
4: Well, ask me that question a year ago. I would have been like, heck no. Um, really? But now, yes. Take Send me to the moon. Send me to space. I, like, I, get me out of here.
1: <laughs> Wait, is that because Earth is just like a total dumpster fire? Is that what you mean? <laughs> because this world is a complete... Can I say shit show? Yeah, you sure can. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs>
4: uh, but it's it's just I. This is I need to escape. Is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, um, and space just sounds really good right now. Um, it sounds like a place where I can just be free and um, be healthy and safe and mm-hmm. um, you mm-hmm. know, kind of do whatever I want to do. You could bring your best friends. How much would I pay for it though? Yeah,
1: yeah. How much would you pay for it? How
4: much would I pay? See, I wouldn't pay a lot. I think that's that's where I'd run into issues and then it just wouldn't happen because I'm not willing to give up the big bucks.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, we there was a report last week about a private mission also on a SpaceX vessel that was going to go to the International Space Station. And three customers are paying fifty five million dollars each for an eight day stay, which like I don't know about you, but my vacation budget cannot cover that. Uh, Not at all. Not at all.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, um, part of me very much wants to be jettisoned off the planet. And another part of me is like, okay, I have no business going to space. Like, if I was supposed to be, to spa- be in space, I would be in space and I'm here on Earth. Like, mm. part of me <laughs> thinks that. But also, if I have $55 million, like, right? just lying around, I'm not, um, I'm not spending it on space. Like there's so much I could do. Like I could honestly like probably feed every child in my city and still have like, how did I know you were going to say that?
4: <laughs> I knew you were going to feed a child and make me look bad. No,
3: but I could do that and still have like the wig budget of my dreams. Like the lace fronts that I could spend $55 million on like the lashes. Yes. All the Pat McGrath makeup makeup of my dreams. Like I could help people and look super cute and go on like great vacations and like take amazing pictures and really, you know, if I went to space it would just be for the gram and I can get like the Instagram likes here on earth is my take. <laughs>
4: that is so true. But I would I would need someone to come to space with me. To take those pictures
1: oh yeah Yeah.
4: you know it's all about the different poses right
1: well you know bring the selfie stick to the international space station i guess what does a thirst trap from space look like that's what i
3: want to know that's the final frontier (laughs) well i mean it's zero gravity that's got to be in our favor right (laughs) can you imagine seeing that on like a bumble profile
4: that would be so impressive on bumble
3: jq (laughs) So i know i would get all of the likes everyone would be swiping right on me
1: It's so funny. I never considered going into spaces like escaping Earth. My thought was always just that, like, you know, I get nauseated if I turn around too fast. I don't think going to space is for me.
3: (laughs) I also wonder, is it claustrophobic? Because sometimes, you know, every now and then, like the panic of a small space will set in. And I'm like, oh, no, I need to get out. And in space, you can't get out. You're just in that little capsule. No, if you get out, you die. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's it. Oh, you mean space doesn't mean space? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <Good one. laughs> so this is a question that i did not prepare either of you for i'm very i'm going to just put you on the spot this weekend is the super bowl does either of you have any idea who's playing yes <laughs>
4: uh i'm gonna guess uh tom brady for 500 Greta.
3: yep yep that's a good one yes! that's a good one jq do you know the actual team names oh yeah because i have a personal investment i'm a kansas city fan oh Um, like i was born there and my dad was always a kansas city fan and let me tell you something when i was in high school they were terrible and my dad (laughs) would still watch every sunday and i'm like it was just like you're setting yourself up for disappointment like we were literally the worst (laughs) <laughs> the worst in the league. Like every time we won a game, it was an event. And it's like, oh wow, we did that. And now for it to be a good team and to be going to the Super Bowl two years in a row is crazy. Also, um, not a big Tom Brady fan.
4: Is anyone? Not a
3: fan. So this is like a, a double thing for me because I want to see Tom Brady lose and I also want to see Kansas City win. Um <laughs> and thank you for saying that because now I'm like, do I need to like order barbecue for takeout delivery, I think I might be doing that this weekend. I think that's definitely the plan. Yes,
1: yes, you
4: You do.
3: better not be having a Super Bowl party. Dr. Fauci says it's not allowed. (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. It will be me and like some smoked turkey and a glass of wine sitting on the couch watching this happen.
1: Two pounds of wings calling it a day. Exactly. Oh, that sounds pretty great. So a segment we have coming up is with Jenny of Jenny's Ice Creams about their new flavor, Everything Bagel.
4: Say what now? (laughs) <laughs> Everything bagel?
1: Everything bagel flavored ice cream. How does this make you feel?
4: <laughs> Terrified.
1: I have mixed emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird... I mean, my thought was like, okay, cream cheese base, like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, you know, but like... And even the poppy seeds or whatever, like, okay, sure, there's bagel pieces in there. I can get behind that. But like, my main question was the onion and the garlic. It's Like, is that is that going to work? Yeah, I think that's the biggest hurdle for
3: me. So I love ice cream. And despite the fact that I'm lactose intolerant, I take oh, a gamble um, because some <laughs> things are worth it.
1: Sometimes it's <laughs> worth the
3: risk. And everything bagels are my favorite kind of bagel. Oh, so this should work for you. Yeah. And I love salty sweet. But again, the idea of that garlic in there, I'm like,
1: oh, I don't know about this. I don't So So what I would do if I were you, call ahead, see if they have it before you make mm. the trip. But like, I mean, if you're cu- that curious, I feel like you need to try it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I need to take my lactate pills and make this happen. <laughs> Sasha Ann, would
4: is this something you would try? Notice I'm purposely staying out of this conversation, Greta.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's like a no-go for you. Not happening.
4: <laughs> Love you, Jenny girl.
3: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. What if they popped up with like a ackee and saltfish flavored uh ice cream? Now that is some ice cream. <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, Sasha Ann, Jonklin, thank you so much. This was just a delight. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Greta. Here on the show, you know we like to spend time chatting with nerds. And one nerd that I have been hoping to talk to for quite a while, actually, is a self-proclaimed ice cream nerd. Now, I know it might seem weird to talk about ice cream in February, but I don't know, like I'm from Alaska, let's just surround ourselves with as much cold as possible. Our guest today is Jenny Britton Bauer, and she is the Jenny of Jenny's Ice Creams, the amazing Ohio-based ice cream brand with scoop shops all across the country. Jenny, hi. Hi. Hey. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious, what to you does it mean to be an ice cream nerd? Like you literally had this on posters in the shop a couple of years ago, even.
5: Yeah. I mean, I I think it's a few things. I mean, one, it's acknowledging that there's all sorts of back end stuff. You know, we take milk apart and put it back together as ice cream. And I think it's just an acknowledgement that like, If you want to keep peeling back this onion of what it is to be Jenny's and what it is to make our ice cream in the unique way we do it, you're going to find that these processes are delightfully and deeply nerdy um, (laughs) and that we are adamant that they are done the way that we want them to be done instead of like the sort of traditional um, way that ice cream in America has
1: been. Hmm. So do you think becoming an ice cream expert has changed whether you can also still be a fan?
5: No, and um, the reason is I'm picking up what you're putting down. The reason is because I feel like in ice cream, especially in ice cream, there is so much more to discover. So I feel like mm-hmm. the way that we do it, it's never perfect. Like all I can see whenever I'm like, well, that's not true. I, I really love our ice cream. I enjoy ice cream, but I do notice the defects. I mean, uh, but those are really mm-hmm. fun to go deep into because it it makes me excited about the next chapter. You know what I mean? So it's almost <laughs> like I'm on this never-ending mm-hmm ice cream thing. And it's just always fun. And this is 26 years I've been doing this. It's a long time.
1: That's a really long time. And it is r- it really is still fun. It really is. And I'm also
5: still eating ice cream a lot. I mean, I eat ice cream
1: <laughs> daily. basically.
5: Really? Yeah. I mean, if I go a day without ice cream, it's a weird day.
1: That was one thing I wondered is like, yeah, how if there ever is a day where you're just like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to think about it. Like I'm good on that, you know? <laughs> no, because the cool
5: thing is, is that, um, you know, we there's always a different flavor. yeah. And for me, ice cream is very emotional. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is my fifth grade slumber party, or this is me mm-hmm. or whatever you get. You, you're, you're tapping into these emotions that these flavors create for you whether you realize it or not. And so you move from one ice cream, maybe you get kind of sick of one ice cream. Well, it's like, you're kind of sick of an era in some ways. I mean, that's how I feel about it. And I think this is kind of how a lot of people sort of feel about these. When you move on to a different flavor, you're ready for something new. Hmm. And then you create this new sort of story around that. And then they that becomes what you can go back and visit. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like, you know, it's sort of like, I don't know, it's just like more emotional than, uh, than, than necessarily flavor. And that's because flavor is in ice cream is mostly scent.
1: Right. That's actually how you ended up getting into ice cream, right? Was by starting with thinking about perfumes and essential oils.
5: That's right. I I mean, when I go back, I was 20, you know, very, I was in early 20s, 21, 22 years old. And I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do in my life. And so I was going to Ohio State studying fine arts, art history. And I had a friend who was Parisian, and he was in the chemistry department as a grad student and doing a lot with scented compounds and and so I got to know him. I knew that I was very connected to my sense of smell, and I, I really seriously thought maybe I should be a perfumer, because I'm really sensitive to smell and uh, and I love it. And uh, so I started pursuing that, reading every book I could on uh, ancient perfumers and what this whole what it is to to be a nose or to be a perfumer. And I did this for a couple of years, and um, mm-hmm. and I think it's you know for me it's about. I did the opposite of what everybody tells you to do, right? I just studied and went deep on everything that interested me, and no one told me not to do mm-hmm. that. I mean, besides my counselors and <laughs> yeah, I do who, who- <laughs> I just ignored. So at Ohio State, I just took whatever classes I wanted to take, and I would literally beg mm. like the professors to let me into like a graduate level like French Revolution class or medieval torture techniques <laughs> or vampires. There was a whole class on vampires. What? But anyway, uh, what happened was that all these things crossed over and that was ice cream. So I, I started making ice cream and it was about scent for me. I realized that ice cream is really just about scent. I used uh, rose petal essential oil um, and I had a mm-hmm. cayenne essential oil too. And I made two different ice creams. I made a vanilla rose, like Bulgarian rose, which was the most expensive oh. rose that you can get. And it's like $400 an ounce. I had like 12 drops of it in a tiny little vial and I put one in a vanilla ice cream and I did one with cayenne and I took him to a party and everybody went crazy. And from then on, I couldn't focus on anything else because I had studied, I'd read all these books on ancient perfumers and I knew that like what they would do is submerge scent into um, like a fat that was solid at room temperature, but, but that melted on contact with your body and not all fats are like that. And ice cream is. So once I figured that out, I was off and running.
1: So, Jenny's has always had the classics. I think about my favorite salted peanut butter with chocolate flecks, or brown butter almond brittle or brambleberry crisp. But one thing Jenny's is also really well known for is your seasonal limited run flavors. What's the process like for coming up with a new flavor?
5: Well, um, let's see. It starts uh, usually by, it will start with kind of a sense of like, where are we right now? And what stories do we want to tell right now? And so I'll put together a list and kind of bring it to our creative team. We have a small creative team. It's about eight of us. And so I'll take that <laughs> list I'll, uh, to them and then we'll start kind of honing it and decide which ones we want to take to the test kitchen. Usually all of them go to the test kitchen. I mean, there's almost never a time where we just, I mean, we, we almost never take anything off because you just you just don't know what's going to pop. I mean, like we just did everything bagel and we sold out of that in a couple of days.
1: I know, yes, I had the hardest time finding it.
5: Yeah. That was a month's worth of production sold out in a couple of days. So you just really, wow. Uh, and, and we loved it we knew it was going to be popular. I don't think we knew it was gonna be that popular, but, um, but it was because that moment when it got in the test kitchen, I gave a recipe, she did it. And when we tasted it, we literally started dancing. And I can tell, you know, when, you know, it hits it's emotional. I get back to this all the time, but like, it isn't like I can say, okay, if you get this exactly tweaked at this you know level, it's like when you taste it and you can't help but move I, my shoulders sometimes go up and down or like, you know, literally full on dancing. And that's what happened with uh, everything bagel. And what we did, this flavor is funny because I was like, maybe we got to tweak down the onion and garlic a little bit.
1: Yeah. I do have some questions (laughs) about the onion and garlic. Well,
5: it was funny. So, so Hunter in our test kitchen did, and she made three different versions of it with the tweaked down version. And it didn't make our heart go pitter patter. Like it did not cause the dancing. And we were like, we just have to go with it. We just have to do it. And, um, and we did. And I haven't heard one person yet who even doesn't like it. Love it. You know what I mean? Like everyone is like, Oh my God, this like ticks something. It's like, Something emotional is happening in this flavor. Um, But a lot of times it will literally be, it'll go from like this sort of list to Hunter making a few batches in the test kitchen. And if it elicits that emotional response, then we know we can't mess with it
1: anymore. So the everything bagel one is so fascinating. I mean, I will say I felt weird about the aftertaste, this (laughs) onion garlic after like that was the part that I was like it's not
5: recommended for a date (laughs) right exactly yeah not recommended not recommended this is uh this is like eating ice cream alone in your car which is where I like to eat ice cream or bed (laughs) or
1: you know (laughs) (laughs) keyword here
5: is with a friend or alone
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I mean it was really delicious I think it's would you say it's the most savory one you've done it has to be right Oh gosh. I mean, I'm not
5: saying that it would be, maybe it's not the most savory necessarily, but it would definitely be the best one. I mean, because like the, um, oh gosh, what did I do? I did like a, I don't know, shrimp, bloody Mary wasabi thing. Wow. Uh, It was like a sorbet and probably didn't need to exist. Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) The sorbet. God. Yeah. Uh, There was like a veal
1: raspberry. It probably didn't need to exist you know feel raspberry Mm -hmm. wow what about like pizza have you ever no (laughs) I never have
5: (laughs) um but I wonder could we make that one as good as the everything bagel you know what I
1: mean well I think the everything bagel like partly why it works so well is because of that cream cheese base I think you know like it it translates more easily than a lot of that other stuff might totally I feel like I could talk to you all day about ice cream.
5: (laughs) Isn't that funny? You can go deep. This is what we're talking about with the nerd. I mean, you can go deep on ice cream and we haven't even scratched the surface. So
1: I know. Well, Jenny Brittenbauer, ice cream, Jedi, vampire slayer. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It was really a pleasure. Oh,
5: thank you so much. It's so much fun to be here.
1: Coming up, we're going to talk with music critic Sasha Geffen about the pioneering music producer Sophie, who died last week. Stay with us.
0: Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tanwen. Nguyen
1: before we go today, we want to spend a couple minutes remembering a musical pioneer. Music producer Sophie, who preferred not to use gendered or non-binary pronouns, died in an accident last week at the age of 34. Sophie did a lot of solo stuff, but also collaborated with some pretty big names. People like Vince Staples
4: Is your house big? Is your car nice? and Charlie XCX
1: and even Madonna. I just Here to talk with us about this loss and to help celebrate Sophie is Sasha Geffen. They wrote a book called Glitter Up the Dark, How Pop Music Broke the Binary, and they wrote a profile of Sophie in 2017 for Vulture. Sasha, welcome. Thank you for having me. So, Sasha, what do you think it was about the music that Sophie made that was so uniquely appealing?
2: Listening to a Sophie song is like getting immersed in a bespoke universe where everything is tailored to be maximally sensorially pleasurable.
1: That sounds great. That sounds <laughs> amazing. I can make you feel better.
2: It's like being in in the opposite of a sensory deprivation chamber. It's like in a being in a sensory overload chamber. But in the best, most fun, and the possible best way. way. And I, and I think it's like being in a a place where you can perceive everything and touch everything and experience everything on a sensory level and also everything around you is also touching and perceiving you it's like this Mm. exchange um, that feels really fluid and and vibrant and alive what i hear in the music is this desire to take the most irresistible parts of pop songs, mm-hmm. the most, most delightful and fun elements and really clear out space around them and zoom in on what made those sounds and those moments and those gestures so infectious because I think Sophie recognized that there was a lot of power in the kind of music that can bring thousands of people together in a room mm-hmm. that can coordinate people in that way, that kind of ecstatic collective effervescence that happened.
1: I, I think we can't really talk about Sophie without talking about the fact that Sophie's a trans person. Sophie was a trans person. How do you think that showed up in Sophie's music?
2: Something that and I can only really speak to my own Experience, But mm-hmm. for me, something that's been part of the process of, like, figuring out how to be a person who is trans is being really hungry for surfaces that kind of resonate with my core. And that's what I hear in a lot of this music is looking at the surface, internalizing it, and then reflecting it in yourself and becoming your own image, uh, in in a way that is satisfying and rewarding. You know, obviously there's that line in it's okay to cry that just goes, your inside is your best side. Um, which is like funny. Um, I think, I I mean, that song in particular kind of flirts so openly with like the sentimental or like the, the corny, but, but really lands it in its, um, Vulnerability. I hope you don't take this the
1: wrong way. But I think your inside is your best. Side. Oh, I, is there a in your eye? I never thought I'd see you cry. But just know whatever hurts is all mine. It's okay to cross. So, how do you think Sophie would want to be remembered?
2: I think. Sophie would probably want to be remembered by people taking care of each other and and looking towards joy and finding, you know, finding that opportunity to to dance again um, someday.
1: Well, Sasha, thank you for sharing about Sophie's joy and vulnerability and thank you for sharing your own joy and vulnerability. I really appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Like I said, it's been um, helpful just personally to kind of like talk through some of this stuff. Good. Um, I'm glad we could do some process. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, um, I think it's useful to, to understand the, the great emotional sway that this music held over a lot of us how how powerful it was in that sense
1: All right, that's it for this week. Next week, we are going to have a segment with Emily Landon, Nerdette's resident epidemiologist, which means if you have questions for her about COVID or the vaccine, let us know. You can tweet at us. We're at Nerdette Podcast. Or you can record yourself on your smartphone and email the file to nerdappodcast at gmail.com. The show is produced by me, Justin Bull, and Isabel Carter, our executive producer. This podcast, Zach week. We'll see you next week. Hey. Okay, so uh I'm in my kitchen. I just finished dinner. Uh I've also admittedly had a couple glasses of wine. I have to admit also that I'm very skeptical about this ice cream, but let's see what happens. Okay, here we go. Oh, weird. Hmm. Wow. It's definitely oniony and garlicky. Wow. Do I like this? Wow. I guess it's not bad. What a strange sensation. I mean, I'm continuing to eat it. It really is. The person at the store said it was as advertised. and It really is. It's just like, (laughs) it's everything bagel ice cream.
0: Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO.